If I were to ask you how to sum up Christianity with one word, <clears throat> just one word to cover basically like what we're about, how would you answer that question? I'm not calling on the deacon. Jesus, that's impressive. <clears throat> I have asked that question to numerous people, numerous crowds, and most of the time you get answers like faith, love, uh, hope, and those are all good answers. But they don't get to the heart. At the heart of Christianity is Jesus. <clears throat> if you sum up all of Christianity in one word, it is Jesus. And it's because he said he was God. Today in the gospel, we are given one of the most peculiar questions ever asked to humanity. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? That's a weird question. If I said to you, who do people say that I am? Or who do you say that I am? You know, you'd kind of be like, Father Waltz. But they say all these strange things. I mean, no, no, no other founder of a religion would have asked that question. Muhammad wouldn't have asked, who do you say that I am? He would have said, what do you think about the teaching that was revealed through me? Or Buddha would have asked, what do people think about the Eightfold Path? But Jesus asks this question, who do you say that I am? Because at the heart of Christian, the Christian faith is not a teaching of Jesus. It's not a program. It's not a worldview. It's not an idea. It's a person. At the heart of Christianity is Jesus himself. We worship a person. We follow a person. We confess a person. And the first thing that you should notice from the gospel is that the general consensus of the world is always wrong when it comes to the things of God. Always. And not only are they wrong, they terribly underestimate who this person, Jesus, is. Some say John the Baptist, wrong, and terribly underestimating Jesus himself. Others say Elijah, wrong. Still others say one of the prophets, wrong. This whole range of opinions about who Jesus is, is wrong. The good news is there was fake news around even during the time of Jesus. <clears throat> the world never gets him right. In fact, they want to make him into something he's not. Because it's, it's easier to dismiss him then. If he's a prophet, great. Good, there's been a lot of prophets. If he's a miracle worker, great. That's fun. It's kind of a neat thing. But if he's God, then what he says is what God says to humanity. And then something has to change. Something drastically has to change. And it's no good, my friends, it is no good for you to sit and say, well, he was, you know, he was a nice guy, he was a miracle worker, he was a... He wasn't, he was weird. If he's not God, he was weird. Imagine this, imagine if I went down, 4th of July, you know, the big parade, party, everything, and I went down to where the old library, or the library is, you know, they have that stand, and I got up there and there were people all over and I said, everybody be quiet. And I grabbed the mic and I said, I am the way the truth and the life. 
No one comes to God except through me. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. What would they do to me? They'd lock me up. That's crazy. Your sins are forgiven. He does crazy, crazy weird things. C.S. Lewis summed it up. He said he is either Lord, lunatic, or liar. He's one of the three. You can't, you can't go any other way just because of what he said. So he's either a crazy man. He's lying to us because he says all these crazy things. And he's a dangerous person. Or he is God. And you have to answer that question today. Who do you say he is? A man who ate, walked, and lived a normal life proclaimed, I am your destiny. I am he who through, through me all the cosmos, the whole universe was made. I am God. And he does it in a very particular place. He does it in Caesarea Philippi. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you get a chance to go, Caesarea Philippi had a huge temple dedicated to the god Pan, the bread god, the god of food. And it's interesting that this place he asks, who do people say that I am? And then Peter speaks. Second thing you should get out of the gospel, who speaks the truth about who Jesus is? Peter. The church does. And through Peter comes these words, you are God. And the temple of Pan is placed up against a huge rock. And that's what holds up the temple. And Peter would have looked at Jesus, said these words, and Jesus would have looked at him and said, you are the rock, that rock. And my church will lean upon you. And it is at this point where Christianity stands or falls. Is Jesus God or not? If you believe that, you're a Christian. If you don't, you're not. You know, I've become painfully aware over the past few years that most Christians like the idea of Jesus. They like the concept of Jesus. Think he was an amazing person. But they've never heard his voice. They don't know him. They've never met him. I did a 30-day silent retreat. And after that retreat, silent for 30 days, which is incredible. It's really wild. I decided I would go to a wedding dance. Which was just stupid. I mean, I got there and it's just this boom, 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 boom. And I had been in silence for 30 days, but I went because it was one of my high school friends got married and he wanted me to be there so I showed up, drove all the way back from the retreat house straight into the wedding dance. And I started talking to all these guys and I thought I was like evangelizing all my old buddies. And they're like, what was it like? And I was like, oh man, I was like talking to God and then God talked to me and like it was 30 days of just being in communion in relationship with God. And I thought things were going great and afterwards my brother and I were leaving and he said to me, he's like, you know they think you're crazy, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I was just like proclaiming Jesus. And he's like, no, they think you talk to yourself for 30 days. <laughs> and he was actually right. And why did they think I talked to myself for 30 days? Because they've never heard God's voice. Never. 
And that is a tragedy. Do you know who he is? Do you hear him? Do you hear his voice? Do you speak to him? Do you see him in your everyday life? I was over at the first grade classroom this last week. And uh, I came in and we were talking about all types of stuff. I was struck. I taught high school for six years. I taught university for five years. First graders are really hard to teach. <clears throat> they, they don't really pay attention all that well. And at one point, one of the kids raised his hand and he said, How do you see God? I, you know, in all my years of teaching, I had stumped the priest. I know Father Wolf has stumped the chump at the high school. <clears throat> and I never was stumped. And all of a sudden, I was stopped dead in my tracks by a first grader. How do you see God? And then I said, you know what? We're having Eucharistic adoration over in the church. So I said, let's go. We're going to see God. And everybody's like, yeah. <clears throat> and we got down, just because I got out of class. We got down to this door. And I was like, okay, here's the deal. When you go in, you got to kneel down because that's God. You're going to see him in, in, in the host, in the monstrance. And then I'm going to say a prayer. And then we're going to be quiet because God speaks when it's quiet. And I want you to ask him for what you want most. And so he came in, knelt down. It was so cute. And, and, you know, I'm praying. And then we sit in silence. And these little kids are like. I mean, they're going. They're praying harder than I've ever prayed in my life. <clears throat> and it was just so moving. We got back. And I was like, how was it? And this, kid, this little boy's like, I prayed for wings so I can fly. It's beautiful, though. You know, they're not afraid to ask big. They believe. They believe. And I said, you know what? You don't need wings. St. Philip Neri, St. Joseph Cupertino, St. Teresa of Avila, they levitated. They floated. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, you know how they did it? And they're like, how? And I said, they love God so much. And they trusted him so much and they spent so much time with him that God got into their heart and gave them the ability to do the things that only God can do. And one little kid said, I want to love God like that. And then the other kid said, I want to love God like that. And all of a sudden, I want to love God like that. It was so encouraging. You guys, we have Eucharistic Adoration here at this church. We have it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Thursdays from, not, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. With a church this size, with this many families, we should have it every day of the week. Spirit of Life can do it. And we don't want to be shown up by Spirit of Life. <clears throat> and if you want to get to know who Jesus is, if you want to get to know who anybody is, you got to spend time with Him. That's how relationships work. And so I encourage you to spend time here in the church in adoration or just to come in at any time. He's always there. He's just waiting for you. And spend time in quiet like those first graders did. And come to hear his voice and to know him. How many of us want to love God as much as those little kids did? And if we do, do we show it, as James says, through our works? through coming to be with him. The place of encounter with the living God is the Eucharist. 
We must all answer the question that Jesus asked today in the gospel. Who do you say that I am? And either we will answer with Peter that he is God, and we will give ourselves fully to him, and take him at his word, and follow everything that he asks of us. Or we will answer with the crowd that he is only a man, or a good teacher, or a miracle worker, and we'll go on with our life doing what makes us feel good. There is no in-between. So who do you say that he is? Because how you answer that question changes everything.